previously on Thomas and the Bible. Well, Jesus took a turn for the good for once. I mean, he was actually pretty interesting. He said something very commendable. I think it was something like, uh, do some good stuff or something. <laughs> Roughly speaking, something like that, which at the time was pretty amazing. There weren't a lot of people who were saying, ah, do some good things. You know, that was a pretty revolutionary message. So for that reason, he's been worshipped for eternity. And uh, there's some other stuff, but uh, that's mostly it. Well, you heard the man. That was pretty much what happened. So... Uh, yeah, we're going, here's our reading today, guys. It's, I think it's, it might be a little shorter because last one was a little long. It's going to be Matthew 27 and 28. So we're going to finish Matthew and then that'll be the end of Jesus. We will never hear about him again. And then we're going to start Mark, which focuses on Jesus and the story of, of, of all his life and everything. So it's kind of interesting. So, uh, 27, 28, Matthew, and then we'll all talk a little bit about Mark and uh, behind his back, and then we will start, Mark. So, Matthew 27. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death, because that's what you do when someone works miracles, cures disease, does all that. That's usually what you do. You're like, eh, this guy is making life around here entirely too good. Ah, let's, let's kill him. Also, he has magical powers. Let's definitely try to kill him. That'll be the best idea. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, who had be- which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See, that to the- See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Oh, okay. So that's how he took care of that. And the chief priests took the pieces of silver and said, It is not lawful for to put them into the treasury, because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel. And now we're... T- are we really talking about this? Like, hmm, what should we do with these pieces of silver? This is important. Is that really what we're taking time out of our day to talk about now? And they took counsel and brought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Wherefore, that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Yeah, unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of them, of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord appointed me. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. Okay. Uh, And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. You know, that's not a great legal strategy, I'll say. I think by the time you're on the stand and people are uh, actually accusing you of stuff, maybe just offer some explanation, like, hey, I'm God, by the way, did you know that? <laughs> I know you're accusing me of petty crimes uh, and such and the like, but I do control the everything. So just that's legally consider that, maybe. That would be one defense that I would raise if I were Jesus. 
Now at the feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they then had a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Oh, yeah. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is college credit? <sighs> or Jesus, which is college credit, is what I was going to say. <laughs> Either Barabbas or you get college credit if I release Jesus. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things in this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. <laughs> wow. All that miracling I did. I mean, I know Jesus is going with the whole silent thing, but at that point, I would have been like, Wait, come on, guys. I mean... If I were Jesus, I'd be like, look, I at least wanted the chance to decline. Now, I'm pretty set on this whole being murdered thing because for whatever reason, that's the story of that we're going with for, for all of creation and like the point of everything. I don't know. Don't ask me. But I still wanted the chance. I thought you were going to pick me. I mean, I cured. Look at that guy. He used to not have a leg. He has three now. I gave him three, not one, not two. He's got three legs. Beautiful ones. And he's got a left, a middle, and a right. Look at that. I walked on water. I, I gave you countless, uh, just massive amounts of food and wine out of nothing. I do, Look at all this. I've got food. And you want to say, Bar what is Barabbas? He's a rapist. Barabbas is just a rapist. That's all he's, I don't know if that's that true, but he probably is. That's it. So you give him the choice between a dude who's cured people, who's did miracles out the ass, just everything, and you go with the rapist. That's what they thought of Jesus, by the way. So he must not have been that impressive. I mean, really. Uh, but but even if Jesus were like, you know, set on dying, I still think he would have been quite offended that he didn't get the chance to refuse them. Be like, no, I know you want me, but I decline. Don't pick me. Take Barabbas. Whatever. But he probably had this speech like already. No, it's, it's an honor that you've... It's, it's an honor that the Academy has chosen to recognize me with, with this award. It's, it's an honor that you've chosen to save me and not Barabbas, but, uh, but no, save him. I'll, I'll, I'll take it for the team. He, he was going to say that was, that was the first draft of the speech. Wasn't <laughs> second draft was a little better when he was set down on the judgment seat. His, no, oh, no, I read that. Okay. Let's see. Destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. He's like, just trying to make sure. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's asking him like all different ways. Really? This this dude's just a rapist. Uh, You don't want the magical guy? Nope, we want Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, let him be crucified. Where did they come up with that? What What is going on here? And the governor said, wait. Or he said, why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out once more, let him be crucified. Okay, well, whatever. I guess if that's what everybody wants. It's a killer legal process back then, by the way. <laughs> what should I do with this guy? Horrible torture and death. All right, my hands are tied. I guess I got to do what they say. No, no, you don't have to. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. So in this version, and I think I've read otherwise in other versions, 
in this version, Pontius Pilate is like really into Jesus. And he's like, no, I didn't do this. It's all, he puts it all on the people, which doesn't really make a lot of sense, but well, okay. Then answered all the people and said, yes, it's definitely not your fault, Pilate. <laughs> it's our fault. No, his blood be on us and on our children. Actually, that is, <laughs> that is what they said. I was making a joke. Like, you know, Pilate was like revisionist history. And, and saying, like, this is how I remember it. The people were like, it's definitely not your fault. And But that is actually... So maybe this was written by someone trying, was doing some revisionist history. I don't know. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Seems unnecessary. Was that... Did that have to be part of it? Because right, they didn't say that. I don't remember them saying that. Remember that scene when he was like, what should we do? Crucify him. I didn't... Was there someone who said, scourge him for... Like, did that happen, or is that just for fun? And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. Again, this was all not covered in his proceedings, loose though they were. <laughs> um, very, very loose proceedings. And when they had plaited a, cr- a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head, And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, okay, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, everyone would be a complete asshole for no reason to Jesus. That was that was the prophecy. And wow, I'll be damned if that didn't come true. Everyone was for no reason a total asshole in the extreme to Jesus. Uh, they parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. So yeah, that's the alleged uh, prophecy. And sitting down, they watched him there. It must have been quite boring. And set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were the two thieves crucified with him, one on in the right hand and the other on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him. I, I laugh if even the other two guys being crucified were like, yeah, look at this guy. I know we're all being crucified horribly, but he's supposed to be magic and able to get out of this, and he can't. That would be their, that would be the one thing they could take solace in when they were being crucified, the two thieves. Like, well, you know, at least the magic guy can't get out either. It's just the three of us here being crucified. Likewise, uh, also chief priests mocking him with scribes of elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if you will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sab- I don't know why this is, okay, they, they give it in the original language, but basically he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, This man calleth for Elias, or Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. What, what's with the vinegar guy? Like, all right, dude, he's already being crucified. Yeah, mm, tall glass of vinegar would go good right about now. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Mm. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Sure. And the graves were opened. What? And many bodies which of which the saints, or sorry, of the saints which slept arose. And, well, they, I've never heard of this. Is this real? So when Jesus died, a bunch of zombies came. This is real. And, uh, and the many bodies, and they came out of the graves after his resurrection, went to the holy city, and they, they had a coffee. And so they just appeared to many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and these things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Yeah, well, then why did he die like a novice? Why did he die like a uh, human, really? And uh, apologies for my voice, by the way. I'm having really bad allergies lately, so sorry for that. And uh, many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. <laughs> Mary Magdalene and whatever other Mary, whoever that was, sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said, While yet while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Now that tells me what I think exactly happened. So, well, let me finish this. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting watch. So this is one of those great, uh, well, not great. This is one of those classic arguments that uh, Jesus people will say, Oh, why, you know, explain the empty tomb. Go on, do it. Well, um, this is a clue to me because... Okay, this is being written by people who are pretty into Jesus. Now, I, everyone would agree, right? The disciples, at, at the time of the writing, let's say. Now, maybe you can make some argument like, oh, they weren't totally into Jesus at the time. Whatever. At the time of the writing, they're writing these, allegedly writing them, because they're really into Jesus, right? Well, if that's the case, it, it, it makes sense to me that they would have, like, I, I don't know. Something about this makes sense to me, man. This is totally just a theory. But command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until lest the disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people he's risen from the dead. 
Well, I don't know. I bet that's exactly what happened. And then I bet when they were writing it, they were like, you know, let's say that the tomb was secured so that there's no way we could have done this. And then that's it. That's the end of story. That I love how people think, or religious people, the Christians think it's so hard to come up with some real explanation. Well, uh, they stole the body. That's it. That's very, I mean, <laughs> when we're faced with uh, come up with an explanation or else it's like God did it and it's totally supernatural and, and impossible, something we have no evidence for. Well, how about maybe someone stole the body? That's pretty easy. It's about the easiest explanation I could think of and it totally could have happened. No reason to think it didn't. So we'll move on to Matthew 28 here. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first of the week, came Mary Magdalene and other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel, or did someone kill the men and then steal the body? Huh? It's not that, it's not that crazy of an explanation, is it? Pretty, uh, pretty normal. Pretty normal human things that can happen. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear ye not, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that uh, he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there ye shall see him too. Lo, I have, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to, to, uh, to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall, there shall they see me. And when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and shewed unto the chief priests all things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. Oh, now now they're bribing. Uh, and, and this is even more proof to me that this is what actually happened. Because if you were writing this book, which is supposed to be like a super Jesus-y book, you would try to protect against what would be the obvious explanation. So they say, so they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Yeah. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So that's the end of Matthew. We've finished our first gospel, guys. Pretty neat. Um, yeah, that, that was fun. That was, uh, it, was definitely, it was definitely a story. It was entertaining. Um, so now I'm going to talk a tiny bit about Mark. Now, if you remember, our, go back to our two-source hypothesis, the Q-source. So there's Mark, Matthew, and Luke. And uh, Mark is is a source for both Matthew and Luke, and then Q is also a source for Matthew and Luke, and then there's some other source or something. Um, but anyway, 
Or there's also uh, a two-state solution. Uh, no, there, I think there's another theory. But anyway, Mark, so now we're going to read Mark, and it is apparently like the actual parent source. So it's it's uh, it's not derivative of the other books. The other books are derivative of Mark. So I think that's interesting. Um, let's see what else to say about Mark. Well, what do you know, guys? Color me surprised. I'm about to collapse with pure shock. Most modern scholars reject the tradition which ascribes it to Mark the Evangelist, the companion of Peter, and regard it as the work of an unknown author working with various sources, including collections of miracle stories, controversy stories, parables, and a passion narrative. What do you know? Who would have thought? All right, there's not much more to say about it. I mean, it's just, it's the same thing. Like I just said, it's, we don't know who wrote it. But however, it, it one interesting fact is that they, people used to think that it was the, just a summary of Matthew or like an explanation of Matthew. But now people, uh, people know or are pretty sure that it's actually oldest of the gospels. So that's pretty interesting. All right. Mark 1, here we go. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, which you've just read, by the way. Everyone should know. I mean, whatever. Um, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John did baptize in the wilderness, and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out... Now, let's see if we can notice any differences. Um, it's So far, it's just the language is way different. So that's interesting. And went out unto him all the lands of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Yeah, this sounds about right. And John was clothed with camel hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John and Jordan. And straightway coming out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit like a dove ascending upon, descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I like I like how he, God is talking to him like they like Jesus doesn't already know what he's thinking. Like Jesus is God, I'm told. So just as a display. I like how Jesus and God and people of the like, uh beings of the like who are in control of the universe, are not above doing a little acting just for appearances like Hey, Jesus, looking good. Uh, I approve of what you're doing. Keep it up, and I'm well pleased with you. Like, if Jesus is God, he already knows that, and also it's not possible for him to not be approved of, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But God is willing to come make a statement in front of the, uh, you know, the dumb people around just to say it. So it's kind of funny. And immediately, the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, you know, maybe what I should do, and I don't know if I can do this, but I feel like it's possible um, that that I should, maybe when I come to the last gospel, 
read them together. That's so much reading. Because really what you should do is read all these together, and then you'd find all the differences. It's way easier to find them. I don't know. Maybe I'll do that and then do an episode about the differences. We'll see. And there he was there and witnessed 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with wild beasts and angels ministered unto him. Now, after that John was put in prison, prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled. So, did he skip over? Huh. So, <clears throat> he kind of skipped over the Satan tempting Jesus, which I think is good, because it doesn't make sense that anyone could tempt Jesus, because he's the controller of everything. Um, it's sort of like if you wrote a piece of video game software and then someone in the game was trying to tempt you. <laughs> like one of the NPCs in the game was like, hey, I'll give you some coins if you do something. And you're like, dude, I made you. <laughs> I can make all the coins I want. There's nothing. You can't tempt me, Frodo. And saying, uh, this time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Hmm. Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They're like, we're going to need a bigger net. I don't know if I made that joke last time. This is uh, kind of sucks to have to read the same thing over and over, but uh, that's been what the Bible does for you. And straight away they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the ship, mending their nets. And straight away he called them. This sounds very familiar. I'm pretty sure this is how it happened last time. They left their father Zebedee in the ship with hired servants and went after him. And they went into the Capernaum, and straight away on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished by uh, at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with unclean spirit and cried out. He cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? This was a plant that Jesus put in the crowd, by the way. I know who thee art, the Holy One of God. Jesus is like, Oh, come on. Well, I mean, you're right, uh, sir, that I don't know. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, inasmuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this thing? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee, and forthwith... When they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And at the city, all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many they that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into solitary space and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he <laughs> All men seek for thee and women want to be thee. 
And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for I'm bored of these bullshit towns. No, for therefore I came forth, came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way. Yeah, you wouldn't want news of my awesome miracles to get out, of course, because then people might, uh, might, might like me and not crucify me later. And offer or thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for testimony unto them. Oh, file yawn. Oh, file yawn of the day. Or the podcast. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Why couldn't he enter the city? Do, are people, again, do people not like miracles? In general, do people dislike when you heal them of horrendous diseases? I don't understand it. Or is he just such a celebrity that uh, he can't walk a block without someone wanting to sign a nice headshot of Jesus? <laughs> a nice misty kind of foggy headshot of, of glamorous, a glamour shot of Jesus. Uh, all right, so that's our reading for today. It's just one chapter of Mark. I know it's a little weird. I'd like to thank anyone who supports me on patreon.com slash T and the B, all one word. That's very, uh, very much appreciated. And uh, I suppose I should thank, uh, see if I have any new patrons. Well, no new patrons this week, but maybe next week, um, some of you will have signed on to patreon.com slash T and the B and supported the show. If you pledge a dollar, that's like $4 a month. I mean, really, are you going to notice that? Well, I will, and I will really, really appreciate the support because I've put uh, a lot of uh, money and work into this studio, and I like to keep my sound quality very high for you guys. And I've invested in actually uh, a little bit of studio training, a lot of stuff like that. So it very much gets invested in the show, not to mention, of course, the massive costs of hosting a billion, million hours of all this uh, content and the bandwidth and all that. But but that aside, um, it definitely goes to the show, and, and I really appreciate those who have pledged like, say, John Bodley, Marcel, Katie, Stacy Swaney, George Green, Sarah McPike, Scott McFarlane, Charles Bangweiner, Tom Chambers, Brian Gareford, Lee Primesberger, John P., Travis Pearson, and, of course, Sarah Berto, honorable mention. Thank you guys so much for being my supporters. You are the best, and you are the reason the podcast continues 100%. And uh, with that said, I will see you guys next week for another exciting edition of The Bible.